Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Well, we're talking about those American tourists. Are they really coming across the border, misrepresenting themselves to a border official? That's serious business when you do that. But there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out about that. Is it really happening? The federal government says they're looking into it. Let's check in now with Alexander Stoichevich. He is an immigration lawyer. He's a partner at MKS Immigration Lawyers. Alexander, thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, nice for ha- thanks for having me. Alexander, what are you hearing from your sources on this? Are, are American tourists really sneaking across the border? What have you heard? Okay, so I, I've got to tell you that in our region here, I think um, there this is a can't be more than a handful of people. There has been very little in the way of traffic crossing the border that's been turned away. Um, so, so if if there were people that that were being let in, right, yeah. we wouldn't be getting calls from people being stopped the way we are. So, um, you know, the the fact that uh, me and my colleagues in the you know in the immigration law bar are getting calls from Blaine with people being told that they can't cross to go to Alaska, uh, suggests to me that enforcement is happening of this, and that it's more likely that the majority of people aren't being let in, not the other way around. Okay, that's very interesting to hear. What are the rules on this? So, if, like, if you roll up to the border in Blaine, Washington, or, or some other border crossing, and you say, okay, I want to come into Canada, but it's okay, I'm just driving to Alaska to see family there or something, like, what is the rule? Are you, are you, do they wave you into the country, or what happens then? Well, you've got to have... Your, that is actually a permissible travel, because it's seen as essential. But... Yeah. Um, they're supposed to follow up and ask you as to what the plan is to get you to Alaska. Do you have a home there? Um, is there legitimately family? Um, they're asking people for proof of this in certain circumstances. I mean, I had a call from someone who was turned away um, in exactly this situation because they didn't believe that the person was going to Alaska. Wow. Um, that didn't make social media, but it sure got a phone call to my office. So, um, and the person was eventually readmitted when they proved that they actually owned a home in Alaska, right? So if if you're coming up and saying, again, this story that came out of Alberta, that wasn't even from our region. That was Canada Border Services at Coots, is my understanding, that let that family in. And, you know, maybe that family was legitimately going to Alaska, but they stopped in Banff for a day and probably did what they were asked not to do by uh, the border agents, and my understanding is a foreign national who's crossing for this purpose is supposed to stick to basically gas stations and buying food and to not um, not uh, spend much time in Canada during the transit period. Right. Uh, oh, oh, okay. How many people are crossing into the border, uh, across the border? Have, have they released any kind of numbers or statistics on that? Um, I'm hearing anecdotally that uh, border traffic is down, like, 90% from what it would normally be this time of year. Yeah. Um, right. You do have certain essential travel that is happening. So um, the, the definition of essential has been broadened. 
For example, uh, if you have split custody situations uh, where you have custodial parents who live on different parts of the, different sides of the border and there's visitation rights affected from the other parent, etc., they are allowing that situation with the appropriate um, self-isolation rules on each side. Right. Um, they are also allowing um, travel in terms of, of business, uh, truckers, essential service workers. Um, they are allowing uh, people to come in uh, to do um, what's called after-sales service work, um, repairs and things of that nature. But obviously those are limited, right? That's not right. that's not your, your tourist coming up to Canada or a business visitor who's coming up to take a look at a business that they're thinking of buying. This is you know, where there's already a contract in place and a worker's coming up to work on machinery or equipment. So uh, there, there are exceptions to the, to the travel ban, but they're very limited and they are required to provide self-isolation plans in, in many of these instances that I've outlined. Right. So and for the people who are calling your office, Alexander, and saying they're stuck at the border and they can't get across, what are some of the typical circumstances that, that people are describing to you for the reasons that they're stopped in the, in the, the minute we got left here? So uh, a lot of people are, for example, you know, I have a, a girlfriend up in Canada. I want to go visit her, but they're not married and they're not, you know, common law spouses. It's it's yeah. a it's a girlfriend relationship. That kind of that kind of situation. That's not is, that's not is, allowed, right? That's still not allowed, right? Right, right. So um, and you know, and then other situations where people don't have anybody here and they have a friend who wants to come help them or self isolate with them. Uh, particularly elderly people, there's a lot of calls from, from people like that who want to bring a friend up, or Canadians who have a, a, a family member stuck in the U.S. and they have nowhere else to bring them, and they want to bring them up to Canada to, to stay with them, given you know that the situation in the U.S. is much worse than it is up here. What about, okay, we've got 30 seconds, what if you own property in the United States and you're a Canadian you want to go down and check on your property? Is that allowed, or they stop you? Right now, they're stopping you going into the U.S., is my understanding. However, there's a loophole, and that is if you fly to Seattle and, uh, you know, rent a car and then go check on your property that way, because oh. uh, the U.S. ban has not been, uh, is not being enforced on the air, air side. Wow, interesting. Alexander, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. My pleasure.